With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, here in the room around the world. This is Spurs Show live from the Albany, Great Portland Street. Very special show this evening. A very special guest. A man we've been trying to get for a long, long time. But he didn't retire for ages. <laughs> so long, I called his age. No, he's still at Forest. Again? He's still there? Yeah, he's still there. But finally... Finally retired, and it's lovely to have him along this evening. Firstly, please welcome my co-host, Mr. Theo Delaney. Good evening. Finally, the man you're here in the room to see, listening at home to listen to. Correct me if I'm wrong here, because I always get this wrong. It's a running joke. 324 appearances for Tottenham. I think that's right. Yeah? 10 goals? answer that. I should know because it's not not many, is it? <laughs> Ten goals. Please welcome Mr. Michael Dawson. <laughs> Thank you for having me, by the way. Thank you. It's lo- lovely to have you here. It's uh, all very, very excited. Oh, before I forget, your just debut. That. that was your debut. <laughs> I'm sure Thank you've got you. loads Thank of them. I just I'm up a lot it, Prodo. I suddenly that. remembered. I just yeah. realised I had that with me. That was your debut. Um, your footballing journey starts starting out before Tottenham. Uh, where did you start out before you went to Forest? How did you make the grade? How did you end up becoming a professional? Well, I'll, rather than keep you here all night, I'll try and keep it as, as short as I can. Starting from a young age in, in Yorkshire, Wednesday. every game. Every game. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, uh, really close-knit family, youngest of three brothers. Uh, mum and dad very sporty. Dad was at Manchester United till the age of 16 and broke uh-huh. his leg. Uh, so went out of the game, but just playing in, in the park, playing for North Allenton Town. My oldest brother, Andy, who's five years above me, signed for, for Nottingham Forest at the age of 14. I was nine at the time, started going down there at, at that age. Uh, and then they obviously had a, had a real talent and signed at 14. Wow. Going down every weekend on the train. So the commitment that you put in to get to, to where we are today. How far was that journey from, it was from where you Three lived? hours. Three hours on the train. Really? Yeah, yeah. At 14? At 14. My, my dad used to drop me at the station, Darlington Station, go to, to Nottingham. Three hours. Half five train, I remember it. Get down to Nottingham. Who at, went with I, you? Just on my own. No. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, you probably couldn't imagine doing it now. I met some, some lads at York 
who used to get on, and then we'd change at Derby, which obviously the rivals there, yeah. Forest and Derby, was never great as you're in your Forest tracks, you young lads. <laughs> yeah. Train on a Saturday, no, play on a Sunday. Get yeah, get yeah it, wasn't, it wasn't ideal. And then wow. I, all I ever dreamed of being was like my oldest brother and, and Kev, my middle brother as well, was, was being a professional footballer. At 16, I left home, moved to Nottingham and started fulfilling my dreams. And that's when I really kicked on being a, being a professional footballer and was in, in the first team from the age of 18. Yeah. Unbelievable opportunity. Uh, and then Walsall, it, 2002 was the debut. Can you remember that moment? Yeah. Was that at the city ground? Yeah, it was. So what Don, was that like? Oh, incredible, incredible. I'd, I'd, I'd watched Forest from the age of nine when they were in the Premier League and it was Stuart Pearce, Pierre Van Oydonk, Kevin Campbell, uh, players that you're like, wow, this is a Premier League. And, and that debut, when you ever make a debut... People think you pressure. I never ever felt pressure. You get pressure probably down the line when people have expectations. And I remember standing in the tunnel against Walsall. Don Goodman, obviously now who works at Sky and I still see him. And it's like, wow, this is a dream. This isn't nerves. This is excitement. I got man of the match, booked, and we drew two all in wow, one game. So, brilliant. Um, <laughs> and you played centre-half? I played centre-half. At 18? 18, yeah. So that's, that's the ideal uh, debut. If you get booked at 18 as a centre-half, it means you were putting it about, yeah. right? It was, I, it, yeah, it. It was yeah. ideal, but however, my, my middle brother was two and a half years above me, and he was a centre-half. So I nicked his place. Uh, oh really so it actually it was ideal but it wasn't so it was hard so I've seen both fortunes of, yeah. of being a footballer what you mean he was dropped for you yeah wow um, that must have been a strange day for the yeah. family yeah strange. it was strange yeah, interesting mom, Sunday lunch yeah. well we actually went to Harry Ramsden's after oh, and right. like like I said we were a really close knit family Andy had left at the time and Kev was there he'd been playing and he was struggling uh, and Paul Hart put me in and yeah he was on the bench so it was it was strange but it's it's football it's one of those yeah. things and he still always wishes me all the best and followed me all around the country watching me because you then formed a partnership with the then veteran central defender Des Walker known to Spurs fans because he was a big Spurs fan and he scored the winner for us in the uh, cup final the winning goal yeah. <laughs> what did you learn from him at a young age you're playing with one of the great English centre-backs. Yeah, he was an absolute legend. Not just for, for Nottingham Forest, but for, for England as well. And the song, You'll Never Beat Des Walker. And he came back at 36. Uh, and I was fortunate as an 18-year-old going in. And wow. I, I always say, you, you look at younger players and he need to see in your head there. And So I was fortunate having Des Walker there. He took an awful lot of criticism. He helped me along the way. Uh, and then come 21, the, the dream really did happen. Did he get, take criticism because he was older and he was a bit slower and the fans were like, he's past it a little bit? Yeah, but he'd been there. He had nothing to prove. No, of course. He'd, he'd represent not. He's his still country. a legend. But still us, a legend. Yeah, and yeah. He, was, he always will be. Um, but for me, going as an 18-year-old, yeah, you, need, you need someone who's going to take that criticism because he had nothing to prove yeah. to anyone. Yeah. I had everything to prove. because, And you do make mistakes. And this is yeah. what I still, as a... a as an ex-player so short out the game, you try and, I still try and defend the players that make mistakes. As long as I feel like I felt when I made the mistake and feel as though you let the, the, let the team down, yeah. it was never a problem. But Des had said to me, he never stopped talking. That's how it was anyway. You yeah. got next to him, you were never getting out for about two hours. So it was <laughs> yeah. one of them. Yeah. I just would have nodded my head going, yeah, Des, you're right, you're yeah. right, you're right. But it was brilliant for me. I will always yeah, be forever grateful. And that grateful. position, I've always thought that centre-back is a, it's a thinking position. It's about being in the right place and making right decisions more almost than any other decision. I always remember when we had Led on. Ledley said that he learnt a lot from Nabet and that mm -hmm. night a lot of people in the, car, like in the crowd really, yeah. sort of giggled or laughed because Nabet wasn't there Barely but there. Nabet turned up and he was so experienced he yeah. played the Champions League yeah. he was incredible I remember he only yeah. played what did he play 20 games yeah not many games at but Ledley said he was a massive and it's probably a similar thing right yeah, kind of age. yeah yeah I was here with Nabet as well Nabet right. was here towards the end of uh, his career when I 
Mm. I just arrived and you looked at him and he looked like he was playing in second gear and never stressed. And you, yeah. you, you do grow as a centre half. You grow with experience. Yeah. You really do. And I, I made challenges early on in my Spurs career. I look back and think, now well, you wouldn't be able to make them. It'd have been a red card. I remember one against Darren Bent that I still joke about because he was too quick for me. I just took him out in the eye. There was one with Stuart Downing down the right hand side, and I was thinking. You couldn't do that now. Yeah. But you do them the older you get, the wiser you get as a defender. Yeah. That is that is a, without a shadow of a doubt fact. Definitely yeah. as a defender. You yeah. mentioned working under Paul Hart and then uh, for a little while Joe Kinnear, obviously um, known to all of us. What were what were they both like as people and what did you learn from both of them, if well, anything? Well Paul Hart petrified me oh really oh, wow he, he signed me at 14 uh, I'll always be forever thankful for Paul for giving me the opportunity and, and when he got sacked it was devastating but he was always harder on me or you know, the youth team players because he felt as though right I can't be seen as being soft because the first team players think oh he's going soft yeah, on the youth team yeah. so he went even harder and it's just how the game's revolved it's impossible what he said to me you would be able to say to a kid now it's really, really it's, it's <laughs> and that's that's not saying I want a pat on the back because there was times when I crumbled and was like wow this guy is tough but that's just how the era at that time was wow. and, and you just had to deal with it or you, you, you basically sunk or swam it was one yeah. of those and yeah. wow. I remember one game at 18 and he said I didn't know what day of the week it was and I was like sat in the corner nearly crying it was like that was 18 in a first team yeah. environment so you had to grow up quick but I'll, I'll always be forever thankful for Paul and, and then Joe was uh, coming in Obviously, that was when I'd probably played near 100 games for, for Forrest at the time. So he's coming as an experienced manager and then he's looking you just as an experienced pro like anyone right. else. That's just it. Whereas Paul seen you as a young kid still. Right. I Whereas see. Joe was Joe was coming to a period where we'd sold a lot of experienced players and we were struggling in, in, in the form. But Joe was, Joe was brilliant and he, he really helped me as well. Mm. And then January 31st, 2005, transfer deadline day. News breaks, yourself and Andy Reid coming to Tottenham. What did you know about the approach? What was the conversation? Did you have an agent then? How does it all work at that stage when they go, oh, you know, someone wants a word with you? Yeah. There'd been an awful lot of speculation for, for a long period yeah. um, where, where I was going to go. Um, were, you, were you looking to go at this stage? Probably not. Mm, there was a time when I had to get out because I'd had the I'd had best season I've had when I first started. Then I got glandular fever yeah. and then... I just never got back to the form. So you've seen players where they talk, talked about of an 18-year-old, then you get to 21s and maybe you get stuck there. Uh, and thankfully for me, I'd had a stress fracture in my, in my shin and I was playing with it. And I remember my agent phoning saying, right, we're going to Spurs. So we, we drove down on, on the 31st, uh, had the medical, couldn't really find what the stress fracture was at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard, met Daniel um, and went for my medicals and, and me and Reedy signed. It was, it was a surreal day, a real real experience, one that you, you can never forget. We were in the Prince Regent Hotel around the corner at Chigwell, waiting for it all to say, right, Forrest has accepted a bid for the bus. And then it's like, right, straight to, uh, I think it was Holly House, get your medical done. And that doesn't take seconds, by the way. Everyone thinks it's a long, drawn-out experience. You're lying in there, especially when you've got a stress fracture in your shin. Mm. Thankfully for me, 5 to 12, we, we did get, get it over the line and it was just, then the dream started. Wow. And were your sort of family come to, I mean, how do you sort of settle in? I mean, you know, you're sort of about 20, how old are you? Uh, 21, I was. 21. So, I mean, you already said, oh, I've moved down to Nottingham. Now, you, now you're in London. What kind of support groups you get at that stage? Who comes with you? And who, in those early days, 
helped you at Tottenham, whether it's coaching staff or players. Yeah, whatever. you need you need good people around you, good agents. Um, good, I had an amazing girlfriend at the time. She's my wife now with two right. kids. Uh, Mum and dad were up in Yorkshire, which is four or five hours. So that was going to be two and a half hours. You can always drive it. I could go back after a game yeah. in, uh, from Nottingham and be home in two and a half hours, but four or five hours is a long way. So my wife moved down, lived in Repton Park, and, and it was tougher for, for mm. three or four months. It was because I was injured. I couldn't express what I could do to everyone. Yeah. Mm. Frank Arneson signed me. Probably wasn't Martin Yall. That's how it was. And, but then when I did get fit, I thought, right, I've got to show him what I can do. Um, and I always say that to a young kid. When you get an opportunity to play in a first team, the first team might not know you. Make mm. sure they know you when you finish your first training session. Because oh, really? I, I, when yeah. I've coached or whatever, I walk into a, into the coach's office and go, right, he was a good player. What's his name? And you might have an opinion different to someone else. Football is about opinions. Yeah. We've, we've all got different opinions in this room about different people. So when you do make it, make an impression a good one. Uh, and that's what I did. And I'll never forget Martin Yell when we went to Anfield saying, are you ready to play? I went, I think so. Um, what a debut. And I made an impression that day. 2-2, two, yeah. two, great. Do you remember two up? The famous Eric Edmund goal. What a goal. What, what a, goal. a goal. Incredible. We were down yeah. that end. There was the silence like, it's gone in. It's gone <laughs> in. It's gone in. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, what a match. It was incredible. And, <laughs> and, and probably then people were thinking, who is this young player? Yeah. We bought Reedy, got Doss free. It was one of those. And... Uh, but, but yeah. you had a good day. You, but you, you, had, you a had a reputation. Good you did have a reputation. Yeah, I played you, 100 you, games, yeah. yeah I mean, so but you was... were rated as a young up-and-coming English centre-half, weren't yeah. you? I, mean, I remember that. I did, we didn't think you were just a, some other bloke who turned But up. then you've got to go and you've got to go and you've prove, got it. prove it yeah. And, and, yeah. and produce performances and playing alongside Ledley, two all. Uh, got man of the match and then I remember going back to Repton mum and dad went back to Yorkshire and I went back to, to Nottingham and you're home there alone mm. and you're thinking God I'd love to be off going out with the lads now because we could, you could do that then yeah. you could do what you want but I wasn't I was in my flat on my own and that was the start of a journey I think I would I'd then even to Martin was going well we've got something on our hands here and I played five or six games to the end of that season and mm. I sort of, sort of got my feet under the, the table good senior pros in Ledley Robbie they took me under the wings Michael Carrick and that's what you need going in there. Um, and then, yeah, 324 games on, we had uh, plenty of great memories. But you, yeah. but you did quite early on click with Ledley, who, you know, don't forget, was, was a midfielder then kind of went back. You did click very early on. And very early on, we all went, well, you know, as you, when you sit in these kind of shows, you know, who's going to start on Sunday? It was always, you know, Dawson King at centre-back. It was, it was quite... Cabin yeah, Leds. Leds is the king. He is... And I always say, I'm very open and I sit next to Ledley now and now we're ambassadors and I, and I don't actually try and make him embarrassed, but I always say I would never have had the career at Spurs had I not had Ledley beside me for so long. Right. He's, he, he was incredible. Mm. He, I, like you guys seen him, you watched him, yeah. but to play alongside him and we spoke about Des, I was fortunate and, and, and it helped me. That would be my early career and then even when I came here having Ledley, it was incredible. It really was. And when he wasn't there... Uh, the team tend to struggle and I tended to struggle. So, yeah, he's an absolute legend and we made a good connection. He always jokes that he was the brains and the quicker one and I put my head where it is. That's why I got a nose like this. <laughs> uh, 2005-06, your first full season. I think you made 31 league appearances that season. That was the season that Edgar Davids came in the side, which was utterly left field. Yeah. Great to watch. What was he like on and off the pitch? Edgar was a character. Um, all, all I could re re really remember was thinking him doing them Nike adverts with his glasses on, doing overheads, running through with Ronaldo, the Ronaldo at the, at the time. Um, but Spurs are just get geniuses of footballers. That's what they do. They, 
bring them in and, and Edgar was like that. He was like, wow, we've signed Edgar Davids and as a player that had only just arrived, it was it was incredible. But the world-class players we had there already uh, and Edgar just was probably a different player to what I thought he was coming. Mm. I'll be honest, I thought he was going to be technical. He wasn't the most technical player mm. for, for me. Yeah, no, I don't know no, if no, surprised he, you surprised you with supporters. Yeah, he was, he was like a posh Stefan <laughs> Freund. <laughs> 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 with a better name <laughs> but yeah Stefan was brilliant as well but yeah Edgar Edgar had the full package but yeah I expected a real like yeah. player who could get on the ball spray it but he wasn't it was more the engine he'd make the tackles but he was good you didn't and having these players that were that experience and a young player, they can only help you. And that's what Edgar oh, did. Yeah. He was, he worked hard and he expected and he had demands every day, uh, along with every other top player. There was a lot of new players coming in that sort of early Martin Yole side. I think that season with Genus Huddleston came in, Stalteri, Tanio, Davis, Pamaro, Mendes. Uh, and that was the first season we saw Keane, Defoe, Berbatov all in the side. Who are the interesting characters looking back in that side? Because there's a lot of new people coming in. If you need some Tories, get Timu. Timu Tanio, absolute legend, absolute character he was. And he was a great player, by the way, for mm. us. He was a uh, aggressive little thing in the yeah. middle of the park, and he used to, uh, but he was a character off it as well. Some yeah. of the stories, like, you just wouldn't believe it, honestly. Was he a, was he a prankster? Or? Yeah, and he was just a character. I remember, I'll tell you a quick one anyway. Final day, end of pre season, we finished. Why Martin Yola had us in at the end of the season? Do a debrief day after the game. <laughs> Team who came in dressed up as Batman. <laughs> uh, I think he'd had a good night, and Martin was thinking, "Oh no, we've got six weeks off now. How is what you're going to do in the next six weeks? What you've done in six hours?" So we had we had a group then that were real characters. Robbie, the the things that you could get away with that you can't get away with nowadays. Yeah. With social media wasn't around, and yeah. we did have some good fun. And, and going back well beyond that, our times have, have changed, uh, even in my era. But yeah, we had we had some good good characters. But yeah. I tell you what, we had some world class players as well. Yeah, yeah. We had a really strong season that season, um, despite a poor domestic cup run. We lost the Leicester in the FA Cup early on, but then we got very very close to that Champions League place, and we all remember. Lasagna gates. We all have our own. It's like the JFK moment. Where yeah. were you when that happened? It or whatever. For fans, what was it like for you being part of it? This huge game. We were so unlucky. There was a game two weeks before when we were beating Arsenal one yeah. nil. If you remember, we were yeah. absolutely brilliant that day. And Stoutier tried to usher the ball yeah, off yeah. Henri, yeah. and we're like, yeah. no. But yeah. that game was kind of all on it. What was it like as a player to go uh. through that? Oh, the, well, it was, well, not great. <laughs> Talking to the white telephone about four in the morning, it wasn't great. Thinking <laughs> this Champions League is going to be, um, we'd worked all season for it. You just mm. couldn't, couldn't imagine it. You go to bed the night before we, we play West Ham and I remember phoning my wife saying, right, I don't feel great. I'm, mm. I'm going to go to sleep at 10 o'clock. This doesn't normally happen. I'm thinking, this can't be nerves already. We don't play till four the next day. Mm. So yeah, 12 o'clock, being ill, two o'clock. I'm thinking, oh no, I might not be able to play now. So I phoned the doctor. Uh, and the physio and they came down and I was like I don't believe I'm going to be the only one ill that was your feeling that, you that was a feeling were yeah. you the first you, one that they I think yeah okay. Yeah, at four in the morning I was thinking now I've got to a point where I'm thinking you feel as though you're letting someone down yeah. you're letting mm. the, the team down the manager I'm going to put everything in you and then all of a sudden you're not going to be able to play in the last day and then yeah. if the worst does happen nine o'clock comes out and said phoned and said how are you I said not great you're not the only one oh, wow. so then we had all the incidents of, of yeah. there was like five or six of did us did you think really or hope or believe it might get called off 
Yes, I was hoping it was going to be cold yeah. enough. Like, yeah. I mean, and in hindsight, I should have said I couldn't have played. In hindsight, yeah. I wish. It's, it's easy sitting here now and you can make excuses. I shouldn't have played. If, so do you, you think, all, were all the players thinking this is going to get called off and then you were asked, could you play? And because you're all pros and you don't want to say I can't play, you say, well, we could play, but we just... Later on in my career, I would have definitely said no. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, I would have been saying I can't, I can't play. And if any of you, well, we've all been ill, haven't we? How yeah. do you feel? You feel drained. And then you've got to run around at elite level. It's, <laughs> no it, it's impossible. I mean, and, I went to the game. Yeah. And I don't know, probably lots of you did at West Ham. and. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. How good a show was put yeah. on yeah. in the yeah. circumstances. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, and I can sit here because it's no excuse. We've, we've experienced it now straight after people are saying you make excuses. It was horrendous. And yeah. in hindsight, Martin should have took the decision and gone, right, I'm not playing We're you. Not I'm playing. playing. Because you'd have had more of a chance. You're best right. playing someone if, if he thinks this is your best team, right. but the other ones are 90, 100% fit. And you're play, probably playing at 40%. Yeah. If that, it, yeah. honestly, it was... I think we yeah. tried to get the game called off. Yeah, they tried. It was yeah. the last game at Highbury. Yeah. It was yeah. Fairware Highbury. David Dean was there with yeah, the, yeah. the FA. With the yeah. FA, yeah. Because I was, we, a few of us having a beers in one of the hotels that came in Wolf, where Arsenal was staying. Yeah. So all of a sudden it came around on the radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, thing uh, uh, going off. And like then you say, you, everyone remembers stormed off immediately when we went, the game could be called off. So things were said with the FA, you can't call this game they off. They said we might get, wait for an hour to play. I'm like, well, an hour ain't going to help me. I'm dehydrated. An hour's not going to make me feel any better, is it? I hate about... Two days. Here's the other question, which I don't think, for me, has ever gone away. And I don't know what you guys were thinking then and what you've thought since. To me, I, th I look at that. Arsenal built this stadium. In their business plan, they have to be in the Champions League. In the whole history of this, of football, I can't remember a time where an entire team gets poisoned. Yeah. It's like something out of Roy of the Rovers. Yeah, I mean, and look... You must yeah. have thought... I, I still think you follow the money in these situations. It's never happened before. It's never happened since. Mm. And there was all that at stake. They said it was a no virus. They never, yeah, it wasn't yeah. lasagna. No, fairly. but they said yeah, that we, we had to do tests. Uh, yeah, they, they never really come out. They said it was the water. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah, after yeah. that, you used to take your own water with you. I think after yeah, we did, we, like that. We probably then took our own chef right. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, in hindsight, I'm thinking, why did we go to a hotel when you... Yeah, you, absolutely. Down so the again, it's one of those things that's changed. Yeah, it's yeah. changed. But yeah. now they go to a hotel the night before a game or yeah. obviously yeah, the guys now state that the training ground and they have everything's everything's just gone forward yeah. it's just how it is you have your own but chest at the time you think you'd been yeah 100% really I did. Yeah. yeah I did yeah 100% I still think it but then you would think the whole dressing room when there was probably only 7 of 8 of us went down yeah but um, did you did you all have the same thing that's the thing did I you think probably some at the same yeah but I did, whether it was a virus it, that, that, that's what they're saying but you, we'd been in training the day before like Friday morning we went home and then we met at 6 o'clock drive to the hotel you have your evening meal and yeah. you, you, you chill together so they said it was proven and it, yeah it was absolutely devastating and I get asked this question all the time and sorry and I was I was one again. of them yeah <laughs> so ill it was like and then obviously Ben Ayum chops me for the goal and I'm lying there thinking I wish I was at home lying on the sofa yeah. it was yeah <laughs> anywhere but here it was a horrible experience for the fans because yeah. I, I, honestly oh. I remember watching the team thinking this team is giving it honestly it, yeah, it looked yeah. like you were giving it everything yeah. you possibly I couldn't believe how well they yeah. were doing the, the players yeah well Michael Carrick he came off early didn't he and mm. there was Robbie and myself team and the lads yeah. were just and you were like yeah, you but can only also, imagine. The other thing I remember was our West Ham fans loving it, mm, singing Arsenal songs, singing Arsenal songs. Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good Let, thing. Let's do a very quick break. When we come back, we'll, we'll continue. We'll talk about the, the following season, 2006-7, after this very quick break. And we're back from the break. The following, we'd be dropping advert in something. <laughs> I've no idea. Something gets, something gets dropped in. I've no idea. 
The following season, we finished fifth again, but we had five less points than the previous season. But this time, we had strong cup runs, quarterfinal of the FA Cup, UEFA Cup, semis of the League Cup. Now, the game to us that stands out that season, that I think was a key game and a shift in the kind of power to many of us, was November the 5th, 2006. Yeah. We finally beat Chelsea in the league. Yeah. Uh, I said, ah. Oh, uh-huh. oh, oh, that is yeah. the 2-1. <laughs> Your first goal for Spurs as well. Yeah. yeah. What was your memory that, that day? Because that was one of the great, great days at the lane. Incredible. Incredible. The lane was special. It was uh, everything. I'd had so many chances to score. And the lads are like, any chance you were going to score, though? So what? I keep putting on a plate. I'm like, I know. And then I, I, I used to joke that I was saving it for a big game. Uh, and I, cer- <laughs> I certainly did that. Yeah, it was, it was an incredible 24 years. And then Lenny scores and, and we win. It was... It was a special, special day. That place was absolutely rocking. Yeah. It was. I've actually still got the ticket. My my best mate came and he, he framed it for a birthday present. Cheapskate. Nice. Uh, <laughs> he got a free ticket and he only and he gave me the ticket. So uh, I've still got it in my house. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm being truthful there as well. I'm being deadly serious. Yeah. But that that game and your goal because yeah. your goal uh, we went one down, didn't we? Yeah. And we're thinking here we here we go again. Okay. Again, here we go. And that goal goes in, and you're just thinking. What? Fucking hell. Look at Dorse. He's going mad. (laughs) He's going mad. He's going mad. And the whole team's completely energised by it. And of course... The winning goal was Lennon. so memorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the emotions, you, yeah, yeah. the emotions that you have. Yeah, like, like I say, there's no better feeling. As a defender, you, you never get them. I always said, I wish I was a centre forward. Like, you got no pressure playing up there. The missed chances, and then they score and get all the glory. That's an absolute doddle being a centre forward. <laughs> uh, but as a defender, you do. When you make a mistake, you get punished. You get no glory. Uh, but I got some glory that day because I scored big time. Yeah, there was uh, some good cut runs, and there was a game. Tough one to take at the time. The court final defeat to Seville that season. Yeah, another one we'd all erase from our memories. What was it like playing in Europe? I mean, we that was our first European run since '99. Kaiserslautern must have been. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, we all remember that one. Stevie Caro and goal in the last minute. Um, What was it like for you to to be up against European sides? And how different is that for a player? Well, it was different because you never think that's going to happen. Um, And truthfully, that's how it was. I think we went to Besiktas in the first, our first game. Mm -hmm. And that... Yes, I was there. You couldn't hear anything. Your heart was pumping. Your ears were like thinking, wow. Like you couldn't hear. You passed a message on to your midfield players, to Ledley, whoever it was. You couldn't hear anything. It was, I've never, I've never experienced. You know what was great about that night? Because I was there. They applauded you off the pitch. The Turkish fans applauded Tottenham off the pitch. They were really good because we had to walk down the tunnel as well. You're thinking, "Uh oh, how am I going to get through there? They're all all hung over. Uh, But we did, we performed. And that was, that was the start of an amazing experience in, in Europe, which we had. And like you say, we had a, had a good, good stint in it. We did that yeah. season. Then um, the next season, two thousand seven eight under Martin Yole, uh, season Gareth Bale came in, Darren Bent, Boateng, Gilberto, Kabul, Woodgate. We had a poor start from the season, and a bit like the Poch situation, things started going around or whatever. Fans were saying he deserved more time, and then. Uh, it was quite early on then there was the Getafe game where it just 
wherever you sit or stood, it kind of went around that, mm. oh, he's, he's gone, he's, he's gone. What do the players know about the situation and how did you feel about Martin Wayne? Because, I mean, in hindsight, I think, when you look at him and where the club has progressed, he set the foundations. Mm. He set the foundations where Tottenham is now as a club. Okay, maybe not in the last few games, but yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> No, I would agree. Uh, and I would think that from the, the, the players that were there and, and they signed with, with Frank Arneson bringing them in. And Martin gave us his chance. Mm. And we had, we got into Europe and we, we were doing well. And then obviously that season, and I know you say that at halftime, we didn't realise that was going off. It was only after when when the meeting came that, that obviously Martin mm. was leaving. And, and we all, like the players now, they will feel guilt. Of course they will. Because you've... We let the manager down. We let Martin, Martin down. He'd give us all the opportunity of being successful and then we weren't performing for whatever reason. And, and ultimately, the manager gets sacked and it's all down to us as players. That, that's it. Fact is, proof's in the pudding. If your players don't perform and we didn't and, and unfortunately, we, we all felt that because Martin had given us an opportunity. He'd done really well and, and obviously then uh, one day came in. But what happens if you say players don't perform? Because you can argue we're going through that with a present team. You don't all sit down and go, we're not going to play well today. What is it? Is it individuals? Is it, are you getting tired by the team talks, the tactics and maybe the kind of monotony of training? What is it that makes players subconsciously maybe just switch off a bit? I don't think it's switch off. It's just having to perform. You, you, you go through periods in your career where you're obviously not performing, you're lacking confidence and, and we can go on to the one day Ramos situation in a minute. And, and that for me... I probably started lacking confidence under Martin. So it's all about winning football matches. The, mm. the group of players now will be going through that. I can guarantee you it. The loose of Crystal Palace. I've experienced this. So you, you go there, you took on cloud nine, you've won three out of three, you go to Palace and get pumped three nil. No one saw that coming. <laughs> and then you lose to Chelsea. That can happen because they're a top team. Yeah. And then you lose at the weekend in your North London Derby. We know, we know how everyone feels. So you have that guilt and you, as a player... Now I'm not, I can sit here and, and have more of an opinion and speak about it, but those plays will have gone to the house and sat there and, and feel like you've let your managers down, you've let your fans down, and ultimately you know yourself you haven't performed, and that's why you've got beat, and it's hard to take that, and there's only one person who can improve that, and that's yourself. So when you get across the white line, you try and win the next game, and that's what they'll be doing now, but I did under One Day Ramos, I had no confidence, and I thought my Spurs career was over. Oh, really? And was that to do with One Day Ramos? A little bit, yeah. Honestly, Martin had gone. One day came in and said we were too fat. We need to get yeah, rid of the pasta. Yeah, they really changed it in the uh, fitness, didn't they, around the Changed it, and, and managers got to put the, the stamp on the team. Yeah. With pasta was taken. And one thing I will say with players, you've got to have happy players. Yes. Players have to totally be happy. You, look, someone always told me you're a self-invested businessman when you're a player. So you'll get anything you want out of this game or you'll get as little out of the game. So... When one day came in, he took everything away from us. So if, if I'm saying, right, you're not having a beer, I can go home and have 10 beers in myself. Yeah. You're not having pasta, you're not having bolognese on it. I'm going to get McDonald's on the way home. Yeah. They can't watch you 24-7. That's yeah, just yeah. how it is. Yeah. But you prepare and look after yourself to what you want to be and how long you want to play in the game. Yeah. And, and that's it. So it wasn't a happy time. We took little things. We were spending an awful lot of time in a hotel, no problem. But when you've not got your pasta, you've not got butter, small things in players' eyes, yeah. you've got to have a fair balance. Yeah. Um, Yes, we won 2008 League Cup, but after yeah. the end of that season, we, we got off to a bad start. And then when you're losing games, people start looking at things and 
groups start forming and it was just it was a disaster two points from eight games was just a criminal from from where we were as a group of players and and we have to take responsibility because the manager doesn't cross cross the white line it's the players so going back to that you mentioned obviously the league cup win you played 38 games that season and then you got injured and didn't play in the final how did that feel when you put so much work into it we had the Arsenal game the 5-1 the extraordinary night at the lane after drawing 1-1 there. Another bit like the Chelsea game, that Arsenal game is up there for players and fans. It was incredible. And then not to be in that final against the Chelsea, who should have won the league that season, a brilliant team, goal down again, to turn it around. Obviously, you're happy for your teammates, you're part of it. But to that moment, and then you're not part of it. Yeah, we'll go back to be the semis, obviously, beating, beating Arsenal. What a night, one of the best nights we've had. Obviously, we're going into the game one all, thinking opportunity to go mm. to Wembley as a group of players that we'd not been before um, to win 5 1. <laughs> wow, that place was rocking and yeah. it, it was fantastic. It was a special night. One of the, and one of the best. Played, played every round, get to the final. But it, before, before we went to Darwin, I pulled my hamstring. I was on five booking, uh, four bookings. We played Manchester United. I was trying everything to get booked. <laughs> everything. <laughs> I had an unbelievable game. I kicked Ronaldo about four times, but I didn't kick him. I took the ball as well, and I couldn't get booked. <laughs> it was bizarre. The only time ever I got near him, I think. So it was it was bizarre. So then we go, we go to Derby, and I felt my hamstring in, in the week. Um, but me being myself thinking, I can't pull out the Derby game. They're thinking I'm chucking one in because I want to play in a cup final. Generally, I didn't. I went for a scan. Nothing showed up. Ten minutes in, I ruptured like, my hamstring. I'm out for six weeks and missed a final. And, and still to this day, heartbreaking that... Whether I would have played or not, there was Ledley and Woody might have played then, but just not to be in that dressing room and you set up in the stands and look, we had a great day and we certainly had a good night. We had a few good nights actually after that. <laughs> but just to be part of that group, and I always say, in the dressing room and celebrating, eventually we came down after. But yeah, for me personally, not to be involved and have my kit on that day, was, mm. was it was hard to take, but wow. It's not, it wasn't about me individually, it was about the team and the success that we had as a football club and, and a fan base and, and a player and... Ultimately, that's the only, only thing one day Ramos did, really. I mean, it's weird because, yeah. you know, we brought him in because he had this great cup record and he did that. But the league you mentioned, you know, it kind of absolutely went after that. And then beginning of next season, I mean, in fairness to you, you were injured beginning of that last mm-hmm. season. You took about the two points uh, from eight games. eight games. And then I think you came back for the Stoke game and you got sent off yeah. from memory. I was it was at Stoke, wasn't it? Stoke yeah. away. What happened there? That was a strange game, that was. Joe Luca got knocked out and all that. A little bit of anger, I think. <laughs> uh, one from not being the team, one not performing. Plays that you think you have to deal with as a player. And I always go back to this and I speak to players about them now. I had no confidence. Like, football was hard. Um, yeah, and I came on and probably took it out and I got a three-game ban and then mm. Harry came in. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't yeah. play for three games. And Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it, was, it was a hard time for me. That. Yeah, I thought my, my Spurs days were, uh, were maybe coming to an end because I, I had no confidence. It was, it was a hard time. We, we started our podcast then, 2006-07. Right. I remember sitting there and Harry Redknapp's coming. We, I think, you know, most Spurs fans were quite thrown by the appointment. Um, it was very left field. Obviously, we know what a great job he did. What was it like as players? Because obviously, he's, he's he's a character. He's yeah. been on our show, and yeah. he's great stories. Oh, he's, and, got, he's got brilliant stories. You know. He's got. We could yeah. be here till tomorrow morning at <laughs> nine o'clock, whenever it is. But yeah, he come in. To be fair to Harry, it was probably an easy job. 
Yeah. He had, he had top players. He said that, didn't he? Yeah, he said, he said that. He I said the two points from eight games, but he also says, no, 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 no. To be fair, with those players, I couldn't yeah, go. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We weren't performing. And you sit with other players, Luka Modric, Gareth Bale. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I heard that genuine. in there. It's an incredible thing. You got two points from eight games. Yeah, but what he did... Yeah. He brought happiness back. Mm. Yeah. He brought a little bit of relaxed mood back. He was... It so was what so did he do to do? You say that, but what did he actually do? He brought some butter back. He brought some pasta <laughs> back. He brought... Uh, <laughs> ketchup. Simple things. Simple, Simple things. things. I'm being deadly serious. I'm being deadly serious. And he, and he came in and... He just said, look... You, we've, we've got good players in this dressing room. It's yeah. like sitting in a room here and you look at what we've got and you've gone... We've got world-class players in this yeah. dressing room. So he just got us playing. He's got to play with the freedom. He got confidence back. Um, and he certainly got me back to playing on yeah. an individual basis where I obviously thought I probably would never get back to. Yeah. I mean, again, I think through injury, you missed the, the famous 4-4 Arsenal. Yeah. But then we had another cup run. You finally got your Wembley League Cup final. You scored in the semis against Burnley. And then we played really well in that. League Cup final against United. Very unlucky yeah. not yeah. to win. What, what was that like to be there but then not quite do it? You talk about fine margins and, and I say this now for the current squad. You go to Wembley, it's so hard to win a, tournament, a, a trophy. It's been too long for this football club. We know that. But it's so hard. I'm telling you, it's so hard. And when we lost to Manchester United in, in that and on penalties... We, we played well. Ronaldo came on. I had cramp in every part of my body. I, I don't know if you can remember. I got it in my hamstring. So I stretched my hamstring. Then it went in my quad. It was it, it was a crazy day. Wembley, it's, it's not a place for a losing team. Supporters, you know that. Uh, and players, it was it was hard. Yeah, sad sad day. Um, and I'd rather I wish I hadn't played, but we still won. But no, it was, yeah, gutted. Luka, Luka Modric was one player that came in that season. What was he like on and off the pitch? Because obviously we know on the pitch, extraordinary player. He was an absolute genius, or he's a genius. You look what he's gone on to achieve since, he's, since he left us. And you've got a Real Madrid and play for as long as he has done and still playing to, at that level at his age. You, you can only take your hat off to him. But as, a, as an individual, I'll never forget, he played, didn't want to speak in loads of English. And we went out as a group, we went to a bar in Loughton and we said, Luke, you're coming, you're coming. Like, so we, we had a group that tried to get make the lads welcome when he came in and mm. and you sort of get a, a guide what they're like and he came out and he didn't speak English sat at the bar he was having a drink and we thought this kid will do for us uh, and, and you sort of you take to people sometimes you have to go out your comfort zone yeah. don't know where you're going you get your taxes don't speak the language but from then we loved him and wow what, what another genius you guys have got to see because he was he was an yeah. incredible player and a, and, a, and a good guy as well you then signed a five year contract at the club and then the end of that season rightly made player, player of the season that season Carlos Tevez I don't know if you're sure you know Carlos Tevez great player said you're the most difficult defender he's ever played against that season what kind of clicked for you that season was it just that inner competence and giving the competence from, from yeah confidence outsiders? from from probably Harry coming in and, and you know I'd, you don't become a bad player overnight I say this yeah. to, to people now now working the media and speak to people, you don't. That doesn't happen. There's something going on, and your confidence and and the players will be going through that now on the back of three defeats. Mm -hmm. And and I I always say about Harry, he got me back to playing where where I I got to. So to get player here at this football club with with the names on that trophy, uh, and I'm sure the likes of Harry and Sonny and see that now, and it's it's an honour. It's an honour yeah. for me to be on on the list of 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 that trophy. So incredible, great. 
great achievement for me personally. That first full season uh, with Harry was certainly a more successful team. Um, Pavlichenko and Asuakoto. I've always wanted to know what they're like. With the famous Harry just fucking run about a bit is legendary. But what are they like? Because obviously, I assume Pavlichenko didn't speak any English. Super Pav, what yeah. a guy. He's got some thunder goals. He's still playing, I think, Super in the Nowhere. Second division. Nowhere. He's well, still yeah. playing. Super Pav. Yeah. No, he was, a good, he was a good kid. And, and I always set my hat off to any, any players that go and play abroad. You don't speak the language. Because I couldn't have done it. I'll be honest. Right. I take my hat off. And I think we've got to give foreign players time. Uh, not just at this football club in the Premier League, the Championship. It's tough moving home. And, and, and I've seen it. So it must have been hard for him. Wasn't playing a lot of football. But he certainly had a hammer, and he was—he was a kid that tried to get involved, but he, he couldn't speak English, none whatsoever. Well, <laughs> that's what he said anyway. Could probably understand us <laughs> <this> all. <laughs> it was a great season. I mean, there was a five-one win against Hull, five-nil against Burnley, the famous nine-one against Wigan that season, two-one against Liverpool, and then the roller coaster. April and May. Um, we have to discuss the Portsmouth semi-final. I'm sorry. Um, Another semi-final that we went into as players and as fans thought we were going to win. What happened that day? I slipped. <laughs> yeah, you slipped. I slipped. That's what happened. It was, you go into Portsmouth, you think a team that's struggling. We've got to turn up and perform and we didn't. And then ultimately I slipped and cost us a game. Um, simple as that. That's how it was. We, we didn't perform individually, collectively, because if we had, we would, have, we would have beat them. And on paper, we had a better team. Mm. There's no... no yeah. Fat, the proof's in the pudding that's how we were the league table doesn't lie I always say that it's not a one-off game um, we finished higher than them in the league but ultimately we did not perform and, and I slipped and cost us and then we had those extraordinary three days I mean I, I remember coming out of Wembley going through oh god Arsenal and Chelsea next three days you know Arsenal top four ambitions Chelsea going for the league what was said, because it was an extraordinary week, that none of us forget, what was said after that Portsmouth game for you guys in the dressing room to go, we're going to turn this around? I don't think you have an option as a, as a player. It's just, can you fulfil it? Can mm. you set out your goals and, and achieve it, what, what we're aiming for? Uh, ultimately, it did, because we know the disappointment of, of the failure. Uh, but that's football. You've got... Joe, you've got to bounce back. You have to. That's that's it. It's like falling off a bike. You get back on, don't you? You haven't got a choice. But when you come off a defeat as disappointing as that, a, a game that you should have were expected to win, and it's such a huge game because it's a semi-final, do you go into a game? I mean, that Arsenal game, no one will ever forget. I mean, I flew. I was on holiday for the semi-final. And I flew back and got a motorcycle taxi from Gatwick <laughs> Airport to get to that Arsenal game to kick off. And I remember all the way on the back of this bike, like, "What am I doing? <laughs> this is a this is pointless. Going to be, get beat here." So you've got to come back from a from that defeat. That's really down, and you've got to go out there and believe that you've got a chance against a really big team. And then you know you've also got to go and get a result in the following season. You've got to believe it. Yeah, and we did believe it. I think we, <laughs> we believed we would beat Portsmouth as well. Yeah, we, and maybe, yeah. maybe that was too much belief. Yeah. We thought it, sometimes playing against a, a team that's a, a good team, you, you know you've got to perform because if you yeah. don't, you'll lose. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say we didn't have a mindset against Portsmouth because we knew how close we were, but were we already looking to the final? Mm. Yeah. We, we'll never know. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, we, ju- we just turned up, we just performed. It was a massive week. It was no different to what we'd done to get us where we were into a semi-final. We just didn't perform in that final and I slipped. That's how it is. And then you go yeah. to, you have a big week in football. And and everyone played brilliantly in the, in the Arsenal game. But do you yeah. remember the particular moment when Danny Rose hit that? <laughs> do I? Thought, what the? Yeah. yeah, no, I, I run across the front post. It was flicked out. And, and when you hit these balls... Sometimes it goes in, sometimes it goes in yeah. Rosette. It yeah. does. That that yeah. could that can be fine margins. That sure. but it just gives us sure. that that Perfect belief start. and it yeah. what a start. And sometimes mm. you, you breed off confidence. Yeah. I use it an awful lot, the word confidence, but that was it. Danny coming in and what a strike it was. Yeah, wow, I he's mean, an absolute legend from that. We're from all that looking goal. at the team Incredible. sheet saying, what they picked him for? He's never played. <laughs> I mean, he's a kid. What the? And yeah, and sometimes, sometimes it works, doesn't it? Yeah. Sometimes as a manager, you... you you live and die by your decisions and sometimes are right and other times if he hadn't yeah. if he'd had a nightmare he could have been one that gets criticised because yeah. that's easy Yeah, um, and it, it does happen from time to time but what a strike by Danny the thing about Harry Redknapp is he is by his own very you know fulsome admission he's compl- he is a gambler and it's almost like things like that are gambles, aren't they? You think, well, I'm going to, I'm just. Well, he likes a punt. He took us to Cheltenham a few times. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. <laughs> He's constantly gambles every single day of his life, doesn't he? That's what he does. Uh, he yeah. loves it. Yeah. He, well, so he's saying, I'm going to stick the kid in. I don't know. I've just got a feeling. I'm just yeah, if you knocked on his door, it was like racing post. Yeah. Give me a minute. Exactly, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I did. He was, he was a good guy. Yeah. Like, but that, that pivotal game then at Manchester City, mm. we had Clive Allen on this show a couple of years ago who was part of, obviously, the coaching staff. And he said, adamantly, we've gone to the little room, we've decided what the team's going to be. He then went out for the players and just gave a completely different side. And the rest of the coaching staff were going, but we, we said, no, it just had this thing. And well, I didn't out. know that. You've just yeah, told yeah, me yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I was in it. He basically went more attacking than... I might, than might we not have been in the first one. Yeah, then, yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> he was going to go, he was going to be obviously a bit more defensive, yeah. went more attacking. And we were brilliant that night. I mean, if you watched that game, I don't know if you watched it, but the chances we had before... Crouch the chances and all that, but what a night that was! Yeah, it was a brilliant night, <laughs> brilliant night. And, we, and we'd achieved something that we set out to achieve. Um, and Ka- Eunice whipping the ball and Crouch mm. heading it in. What was he doing in that position? Yeah, what was he doing? He's, <laughs> but we played, played him right back, obviously strong against Bellamy and, 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 and played brilliant Eunice that night. And to get the goal, and yeah, we had a actually, we, we weren't too crazy that night. It was a night after uh, that we decided to go out, and then it was. The consequences when we went to Burnley the following week. Yeah. <laughs> For all the the only game we all went and didn't care that we lost. Yeah. None of us cared. <laughs> I mean, a good job Arsenal would have. Harry would have killed us. He went absolutely ballistic after that game at Burnley because oh, we really? obviously got off to a good start with Luke. And you're thinking, yeah, 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 wow, yeah. If, if Arsenal had lost, we'd have cost ourselves there. Uh, because uh, yeah. then we had to obviously go to Young Boys and qualify. Well, so yeah, yeah, it was. Well, look, it was let, let's let's do a part two. Let's talk about that next season, Young Boys. Uh, we're going to do a part two. For now, please show your appreciations, Mr. Michael Dawson. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.